Hello and welcome in to Season 2 on the Recovery to Recovered podcast. I'm your host, Pastor Caleb McCall. Tune in for Kingdom Conversations with Kingdom People and where we talk everything recovery and the church. Hello and welcome in to the Recovery to Recovered podcast, Season 2 here on the show. And I am pumped for today. I'm excited for today. We're going to get into the Word and boy, let me tell you, do I got a doozy for us today. I got a doozy for us today. If you've clicked on this episode, it's probably got your attention by the title of today's episode because I just felt strongly impressed by the Lord to help the church of Jesus Christ today. Amen. And so I'm sure that title got your attention and now you've clicked on this episode and you're probably wondering what in the world is this brother going to say? What what kind of controversial statements will he make today? And uh, that is not my intention. I do not wish to be controversial. I do not uh, wish to be provoking or offend anyone. But I feel very strongly by the Lord that today has to happen, that this episode has to go forth. And I believe that somebody is going to get free from it. Um, or free from maybe even a pattern of thinking, maybe just get some revelation like, hey, you know, I I never thought of it that way. I never seen it that way. I never saw that in the scriptures. And we're going to take this thing right to the scriptures. So like I said, I am not meaning to be controversial. I don't want to be controversial. This isn't set out to spark arguments or uh, be demeaning to anybody or the demeaning to their thought process or how They have interpreted the scriptures. Um, But can I tell you, my friends, there's only one interpretation of the scriptures, and that is what God is saying. So I said all that to say this. I'm not trying to be controversial. I'm not trying to to poke and uh, start fire, start arguments. We're just going to go to the Bible today. Amen. We're just going to go to the Bible, and we are going to look at these scriptures, and we are going to talk about some things uh, today. Amen. I just f- really feel impressed uh, to bring this to the church and, and let's go to the scriptures and let's see what happens. Let's labor over the scriptures uh, today. You know, uh, there's a text in the Bible that talks about the Bereans. You know, they are, I believe it's Paul, he brings the gospel to them and and they begin to, you know, it piques their interest and they say, wow, we this this could be true. Let's study out. Let's search the scriptures and let's find out if what this brother is telling us is true. And they are the Bereans. They even have Bibles named after these brothers. They were smart enough to study and go to the word and say, okay, is what we have been preaching, teaching, believing, is it true? Is this new revelation true? Is Jesus the Christ? Is, the, is he the Messiah? And what shall we build our doctrine upon? Amen. You know, Paul says in Galatians, I believe it is Galatians. uh, Let me look here. Galatians, yes, 1 and verse 9. He says, as we have said before and now say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you have received, let him be accursed. That is very, very strong words from Paul. And I will get to those uh, more here in just a minute. So like I said, the title of the episode today might have really got your attention. 
once saved, always saved, question mark, faith and works, question mark, and heresy and the church. Heresy and the church. So, uh, like I said, felt really impressed um, to do this. I felt the leading of the Lord to do this. And like I said, let's just go to the scriptures. You know, forget about my opinion. Forget about what denomination I'm affiliated with. Forget about uh, what you've been taught. Forget about what you have heard. Forget about what denomination you're a part of. Forget about everything that you have ever been taught or learned. Just forget about it all right now and listen to what is going forth, either in your AirPods, at your computer, sitting there on your iPhone, your iPad, wherever it is that you're listening to. I just ask you today, throw it all out and let's build and start over and labor over the scriptures today and let's see where we end up at the end of this session. Amen. And so I am excited about that today. And uh, we're going to labor over these scriptures. So let's dive right into this thing. I want to pray for us first as we start out today. I'm actually going to pray before I read the word. I usually read the word and then I pray. But I'm going to pray beforehand so that we get our hearts prepared for what it is that God wants to speak to us today through this episode. So Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you for today. God, I bless your holy name. Lord, I thank you for the scriptures that keep us sound, that keep us true, that keep us on the right path. I'm thankful that your word is a light unto my path and a lamp unto my feet, that Lord, you did not leave us as orphans and you gave us the Holy Spirit, but you also left us with a road map. The Bible is the roadmap and Holy Spirit, you are the guide because you wrote the scriptures through men who were willing and obedient to write down what it is that you shared with them to write. And so, Father, as we labor over the scriptures today, may we come to a place of understanding and may we leave this episode better with greater revelation and greater knowledge. And Lord, when it boils at the, at the end of this at the end of the day, at the end of the episode, that God, we just have a hunger, that God, we just have a hunger to get with you, to look more like you, to love you. God, not making an excuse for our sin and our junk any longer, but that God, we would have an authentic, true, right relationship with you, which in return will produce a lifestyle that looks like yours, a lifestyle that you have called us to, and in return, gaining an eternity with you, Jesus the Christ, the Lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world, and the Father from whom you come from. Lord, we thank you. We give you the glory. We give you the praise for it. In the name of Jesus, and the church said, Amen, Amen, Amen. Whoo, so here we go. I think uh, I think we need to start with um, with salvation. Let, let's start with with how salvation comes from, and I want to be where that comes from, and I want to be very clear about this because I don't want anybody twisting up my words and twisting up what it is that I'm saying. So I will be very very clear with this. And most of these scriptures that I'll read today, you will be very very familiar with. Um, and these scriptures, unfortunately, have been perverted 
by so many people, um, even, you know, major, major and large groups, these sets of scriptures have been perverted. And I say perverted because you cannot cherry pick scripture and build a doctrine off of it. Paul says it here to sound doctrine. So let's figure out a way. How do we create doctrine? Well, you create doctrine with the entirety of the scriptures. You do not get to cherry pick one or two verses and build you a doctrine off of them and forget about the rest of the verses. The Holy Spirit wrote these scriptures and wrote this Bible. So it has to all flow together and the Holy Spirit has to be saying the same things. So we need to check our heart. We need to check our mind to say, okay, even though this might look contradictory, if we'll read it with the Holy Spirit, we shall receive what the Holy Spirit is really saying. Amen. Amen. So here we go. So we are in Ephesians chapter 2, and we are going to start out with verse 8. Amen. Amen. So we're going to start out with verse 8 and 9. So for by grace you have been saved through faith. Nothing you could do to ever earn this salvation for it was the love gift from God that brought us to Christ. So no one will ever be able to boast for salvation is never a reward, a reward from good works or human faith. We've we've got to start with 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 8 there. For by grace so because of the grace of God and his perfect plan with Jesus and the redemption that is available to us. So by that grace, that perfect plan of Jesus, blood being shed on a cross that paid for the sins of the world for all time, you have been saved by faith. So it's the grace of God that comes through a channel of your faith. So salvation comes from God. It comes from God alone. It comes from his perfect plan that he set up before time. The Bible says that the lamb was slain before the foundation of the world. So before God ever said, let there be light, he had made a plan that would get you back into right relationship with him by his grace, but through your faith. By his grace, but by your faith. And this is saying, so you can't, you can't earn this salvation because it is by his grace and his perfect plan through your faith. But this also, here we go, this really wraps it up here. So you would never be able to boast. God made it this way so that you can't boast and say that it's about you, that you did this. That you did that, that you did. By the way, do you understand that right living only comes from the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you? Come on, somebody. The Holy Spirit living on the inside of you is the only thing that gives you the ability to live righteously and to live right and to do what is right. So, obviously, that come by God. That comes by the blood. Because you can't host the Holy Spirit. You can't host the ghost. If you're not covered in the blood by faith through the grace of, of God. So now you have the Holy Spirit and now you're able to, to live right. Not that you're going to be perfect. Not that you'll never make a mistake. 
we still have the flesh to deal with it. But we'll get to that here in a little bit. But by the Holy Spirit, you can subdue the flesh. Um, so the salvation is a gift from God. Let me be very clear about that. I will never say that you are saved by your works. But I'm going to show you something pretty pretty crazy here. Pretty awesome. Watch this. So now we turn it. Remember, the Holy Spirit wrote the Bible. So he wrote all of this. And all of this is supposed to flow together. So here we go. James chapter 2 in verse 14. My dear brothers and sisters, what good is it if someone has claims that they have faith but demonstrates no good works to prove it? You're saved by grace through what? Faith. Now we have shifted from the grace of God to faith in God. So someone claims to have faith, but demonstrates no good works to prove it. How could this kind of faith save anyone? This is the whole Bible. So how could this kind of faith save anyone? So we're talking about salvation. You have been saved by God's grace through your faith. And then we flip over here to James. And he says, my dear brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith, but they have no good works. In other words, if they claim to have faith, but their life doesn't look like it, how can this person be saved? There's a question mark at the end of that sentence. <laughs> There's a question mark at the end of that sentence. And then he goes on. Let's skip down to verse 20. He says, Oh, feeble sons of Adam, do you need further evidence that faith divorced from good works is phony? Oh, here we go. We in the church of America... We're the only ones that do this stuff, by the way. We in the church here in America, in the westernized church, we have turned the grace of God into this thing to be trampled upon and walked upon. And, and we think that we can live any type of way and that, you, that you're saved because you have faith. But James is saying here, how can that type of faith that says, yes, I believe in Jesus being the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of the living God. I believe in God. I believe in the Son of God. But, but this type of faith produce not a changed lifestyle. Hang on. Let, let's, let's, let's go back up here and let's read what James, James says here. He says, go ahead then and prove to me that you have faith without works and I will show you my faith works as proof that I believe. You can believe, watch this, you can believe all you want that there is a one true God. That's wonderful. But even the demons know this and tremble with fear before him, yet they are unchanged. They remain demons. Watch, demons don't receive salvation. <laughs> I was having a conversation with somebody the other day. We was talking theological things. And they began to tell me that you can have, when you have faith in God, that you that you are saved. And now that you are once saved, you are always saved. You could never be plucked out of the hand of Jesus. 
So many people have took that scripture and just built this doctrine. Of course, if you're really saved and you belong to him, you could never be plucked out of his hand. But if you live a lifestyle that says, I just believe in him, but there is no change that shows that you actually believe in him. The Bible says, believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. So if you actually believe in him, there will be a transformation that takes place. So if you really believe in him, of course you could never be plucked from his hand. So he says, O feeble sons of Adam, do you need not further evidence that faith divorced apart from good works is phony? He said, your faith isn't real if you continue to live a lifestyle of craziness. And just like you did before the moment that you said you had faith in Jesus. And so the Bible also goes on to say fornicators, liars, cheaters, stealers, homosexuals, they will not inherit the kingdom of God. And I began, I asked him, I said, you know, well, do liars, cheaters, fornicators, homosexuals, do they inherit the kingdom of God? Do, would they go to heaven? He said, yes. My friends, that is heresy, which we'll get to in a little bit. That is contrary to the doctrine of the scriptures. You cannot say that you have faith in God, but there's no fear of the Lord on your life. There is no transformation. I'm not talking about perfection. I'm not, and I'm getting to this here in just a second when it comes to dealing with sin. I'm not talking about perfection. I'm not talking about that you never sin, that you never have sin, and that you never, I'm not talking about any of that. I'm talking about a lifestyle of sin. When you live a lifestyle of sin. So watch this. If somebody commits an act of theft, but they repent of it and they ask God for forgiveness, then they are justified by that and God forgives them. But when somebody continues to live a lifestyle of thievery and continues to go on and and commit acts of theft the rest of their life, but they say that they have faith in Jesus Christ, the Bible just told you that their faith is phony and they are not even among us. That they are not, they are not chosen. They do not have faith. They have not been justified by this faith through the grace of God by their faith because their faith isn't even real. Because their faith isn't even real. So if somebody commits a homosexual act before they become a Christian, they repent to God of that. They are forgiven. Now watch this. Let's take it a step further. Now they are a Christian and they fall back and they commit a homosexual act and they take it to God and they say, God, I made a mistake. I repent. Lord, help me to change the way that I think about this. Lord, I just don't want to come to you and say that I'm sorry because that's not where, where repentance is. Greek word metanoia, change the way that I think, God, about homosexuality. Change the way that I'm thinking about the temptation of my flesh. God, I repent to you and God, help me to change this about myself. That person is immediately forgiven. But if this person says they have faith, but they continue on in a homosexual relationship or they continue being married in a homosexual relationship. Because our country now, we, we allow them to, be, to, them to be married. 
So if they go on and continue to stay married to their homosexual partner and continue to stay in that act of homosexuality, can I be very, very clear today? You will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. And when somebody is telling you that you will, they are a heretic. And that is contrary to the doctrine of the scriptures. And those people are walking on very dangerous ground. And you are walking on dangerous ground that's going to end you up in hell if you do not repent and stop doing what you're doing. This isn't just about homosexuality. This isn't just about the it's theft. It's about sin, period. If you say a lie as a Christian and you repent of it, you are forgiven. But that does also does not make it doesn't make that you are a liar or if you commit a homosexual act as a Christian and you've dealt with that in your past. It doesn't, your identity is not wrapped up in the mistake that you made, but your identity is wrapped up in the cross of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Like making a mistake does not identify you as that type of individual. What identifies you as that type of individual is if you continually go on doing those type of things as a way of life. So let me be very clear. You are saved by grace through your faith. But your faith is determined by the fruit hanging from your tree and your faith is determined what you say that what you say that you have is determined by the way that you live. Again, I'm not talking about perfection, that you're never going to make a mistake or that, you know, you're never going to sin again. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is that your lifestyle, the way that you live, the way that you 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 operate as a human being on the face of the earth will determine if what you say that you really have, do you really have it? So you are saved by the grace of God through your faith. Your your lifestyle determines what type of faith you have, either real faith or phony faith. Right. So we've talked about we've talked about that real quick and watch this. Lord, help me. Which way you want me to go here? Let's get back. Let's get back. Let's get let's let's go over to Hebrews. Hebrews and chapter six, because this was a topic. This was a topic of discussion as well. We got to go to the scriptures, y'all. We got to go to the scriptures. So let's go to Hebrews chapter chapter six, because we're talking about in the first part of this, we've talked about, you know, where does faith come from? Comes from God or not faith. Where does salvation come from? Salvation comes from the grace that God has given you through your faith. Amen. James goes on to say, you are not saved by faith alone. There's a period that let me. Let me go back to that real quick. Let's see. James, where you at? James. I'm kind of skipping around here. Y'all forgive me. But James here. Thank you, Jesus. So watch this. So now it is clear that a person is seen righteous in God's eyes. Not merely by faith alone, but by his works. So you have been saved by grace, through your faith, but not faith alone, but by your work. Your works prove whether you have faith. You can't get to the grace without faith. 
You Let me say that again. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You can't get to the grace without faith and your lifestyle, your works, the way that you live your lifestyle proves whether you have actual faith or not. So watch this. We'll, let, let's move Let's move back. We're bouncing around here, but that's all right. Holy Spirit will use it all. So, so we're talking about once saved, always saved. Um, let's see. <laughs> let's see what the Bible has to say about that. It is impossible to restore an apostate. For once a person has come into God's light and tasted the gifts of the heavenly realm and has received the Holy Spirit and feasted on the good word of God and has entered into the power of the age that is breaking in, if he abandons his faith, there is no use even trying to lead him to repentance by their sin of apostasy. They have re-crucified the Son of God and have publicly repudiated him. That's not my opinion that is the word of God. An apostate. It even describes what an apostate is here. An apostate is for it's for someone, once a person who has tasted God, who has come into God's light, tasted of the gifts of the heavenly realm, even received the Holy Spirit, feasted on the word of God, and has entered into the power of this age that is breaking in. If he abandons that faith, there's no use for him to. So he's he's talking about a person who has had faith before, which got them to the grace that got them saved. And now they have abandoned that faith. He says there's no more blood for them. You can't re-crucify the son of the living God. You can't you cannot have faith in God, tasted of his goodness, tasted of his light, feasted on his word. And come into the power and you abandon that and you get to put Christ back up on the cross and do it all over again. He says it's impossible for that person to come back into the faith and come back into the family of God. That means they were once saved and now they are not because you are saved by your faith through grace. Are y'all catching that? This is all the Bible. This, this is not my opinion. This is the Bible. This is the Bible, okay? Now, let's, let's take it a step further. Because this is, this, is, this is people perverting the scriptures. There is nothing that gets me more fired up. So, watch this. Let's turn over to 1 John now. Let's turn over to 1 John. So, the once saved, always saved doctrine is built off of you know these these couple of scriptures with Ephesians 8 and 1 John 1 and 8. So watch this. If we boast that we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and we are strangers to the truth. But if we freely admit our sins, our light uh, when his light uncovers them, he will be faithful to forgive us every time. God is just to forgive our sins because of Christ and he will continue to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That goes back into that example that I gave you. If a Christian, you know, gets caught up in a lie, if a Christian stole something, um, if a Christian committed an act of homosexuality or fornication, but they go to God and they say, Lord, I repent of this, your Holy Spirit 
has convicted me. I am sorry. Lord, please forgive me. I repent. Help me to change the way that I think about these things. The Bible is saying that the blood of Jesus will continue to cleanse you from, it will cleanse you from that unrighteousness. It will cleanse you from that unrighteousness if you freely admit your sins when his light uncovers them. In other words, when the Holy Spirit convicts you of those things, that he will forgive you. Now watch this. They use this here in verse 8. If we boast that we have no sin, we're only fooling ourselves and strangers to the truth. You know, he was basically, this this uh, person I was sitting across from, he basically was, you're, you're a sinner and you sin every single day. You're probably sinning right now because you're breathing and you're always going to sin. You're always going to be a sinner. Okay. But let's flip over. Let's flip over to 1 John chapter 3. This is the same person that wrote 1 John chapter 1 and those scriptures. Let's read what he has to say as he continues on in his letter to the church. In verse chapter 4 or uh, chapter 3 verse 4, he says Anyone who indulges in sin lives in moral anarchy, for the definition of sin is breaking God's law, and you know that without a doubt that Jesus re- was revealed to eradicate sins, and there is no sin in him. Anyone who continues to live in union when, with him will not sin, but the one who continues on sinning has neither seen him with discernment or known him by an intimately uh, by an intimate experience. Delightfully loved children, don't let anyone divert you from the truth. Don't let a heretic divert you from this truth. The person who keeps doing right proves that he is righteous before God. Some some versions say the one who practices righteousness is righteous. That's what it says there. Before God as even the Messiah is righteous. But the one who indulges in a, in a sinful life. So this is saying, not saying that you sinned and made a mistake, but the one who indulges in a sinful life is of the devil because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. And the reason the Son of God was revealed was to undo and destroy the works of the devil. Everyone who is truly God's child, which is where your salvation is found, Many will say to me on that day, didn't I cast out devils in your name? I prophesied, I healed the sick, I did a bunch of stuff in Jesus' name. I had a confession in Jesus' name. But he says, depart from me, I never knew you. So it's about being God's child. So everyone who is truly God's child will refuse to keep sinning because God's seeds remains in him and he is unable to continue sinning. Not that you would never sin, but you're unable to continue sinning because he has been fathered by God himself. He, here is how God's children can clearly be distinguished from the children of the evil one. Anyone who does not demonstrate righteousness and show love to his fellow believers is not living as one with God as his source. Did y'all catch that? So this brother told me that if you are living a homosexual lifestyle or you're living a lifestyle as a thief, a liar, a fornicator, you know, a cheat, whatever, that, that list of sins that Paul describes in the scriptures saying those people won't inherit the kingdom of heaven right they won't inherit the kingdom of god 
God lives in heaven, by the way. That's where he resides. That's where his throne is. So you won't inherit the kingdom of God, meaning you won't inherit the kingdom of heaven where he's at. <laughs> if you continue on living these type of lifestyles. And what John is telling us here is that if you continue living that lifestyle, if you continue committing theft, if you continue to live a lifestyle of cheating, stealing, lying, not that you've never committed one of those acts or that you don't mistakenly commit one of those acts. By the way, sin, the Hebrew word describing of archery, it's like missing the mark. You got to be aiming for something to miss the mark, brothers and sisters. So he says, if you continue on living that lifestyle, you've never seen God. You don't have a relationship with God. You haven't had an intimate experience with God, which is where your salvation and your faith, which get you to grace, is all about. So I'm going to help some people today that are believing some of these heresies and some of these false doctrines. That I, I implore you that John is not bipolar and schizophrenic and, a, and a, has two different personalities. If we read the scriptures together with what he just said in John chapter 3, which by the way, there was no verses, there was no chapters. He said the same thing in this letter to the children of the church. He must be saying in John chapter 1, that if you say that you have no sin, if you say you have no need for the blood, if you say you have no need for the cross, if you say that you've never sinned before, you make God out to be a liar. That's what he is saying. He is not giving you an excuse to every day you're going to sin. You're going to wake up sinning. You're probably sinning right now. You're breathing. So you've got to be sinning. Every thought that pops in your head is a sin. Can I help you today? Not every thought that pops in your, in your head is sin. The ones that you meditate on, which the thoughts that you meditate on will actually produce sin. A thought is not sin because the Bible says take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. Sin is walking in disobedience to the things that God has called you to. You cannot control every bird that flies over your head, but you can control the birds that fly over your head and make a nest. I hope I'm helping somebody today. So, the scriptures indicate that of course salvation comes only from God and his perfect plan of redemption but to get to that free gift you have to have faith and your faith is proven by the lifestyle that you live you cannot continually live a lifestyle contradictory to the scriptures and inherit the kingdom of heaven and inherit the kingdom of God. Paul writes in that same, most of you, he says, some of you were these things, but now you've entered into the kingdom. You're not that anymore. That's not who you are. That's not who God has created you to be. And this is like good news too. Like I'm not trying to hammer people home about making, this isn't about mistakes made. Every mistake that you made, if you truly repent, you take it to the Lord. The blood is strong enough. The blood covers you the blood makes you right with god the blood covers for mistakes 
The blood covers sin. But can I help you today? The blood does not cover rebellion. Rebellion is knowing what God has called you to. But you refuse. You refuse to walk in the things that God has called you to walk in. So I hope that I've I've made myself pretty clear today. Salvation is not based off of works. Salvation comes by grace through your faith. Amen. But James says, if you have real faith, your life will be transformed. First John says, if you have real faith and you have relationship with Jesus, where salvation is found, salvation is not found in confessing with your mouth that you have faith. It's found in a born again experience. And when you get born again, you cannot continue doing the same things that you used to do before you got saved. Before your spirit was regenerated by the born again experience without getting born again. That's why Jesus tells you, you got to get born again. So without getting born again, you can by no means enter into the kingdom of heaven. If you're born again, you cannot. John said it. You can't go on continuing to live in sin because if you if you do that, the seed of God is not in your heart. And if the seed of God is not in your heart, you can't get born again. Things are born through seed. Things are born through seed. I don't need to get graphic with that. If you're an adult, you understand what I'm telling you right now. You cannot get born again without the seed of God hitting your heart. And if you continue on in sin, the seed of God has not hit your heart. You have not been born again. And your confession with your mouth that says you have faith is what James calls phony. Now watch this. Because I want to talk about, real quick as I'm closing this out, I want want to talk about heresy in the church. Because that word gets thrown around very loosely. And I think we need to be careful. We need to be careful, you know, judging people's salvation. That's just the word. I'm just bringing the word. You you let the word convict you of whether you've what you've got going on is right or wrong. I just brought the word. I'm not judging anybody's salvation. I just bring you the word. You do with the word with what you think needs to be done with it, which I'm telling you, it's got one interpretation, brothers and sisters. You don't get to put your own interpretation on it. You got to read the whole Bible together. Amen. So let's talk about the definition of heresy here. So it's an opinion or doctrine at variance of accepted doctrine, especially in a church or religious system. The maintaining of such an opinion of that doctrine, meaning that people have brought the error of your way to you, but you still maintain it. The willful or persistent rejection of true doctrine, any belief or theory That is strongly at variance with the established beliefs and customs. So our established beliefs and customs as Christians is the scriptures. So when you have a theory that doesn't match up with the whole Bible, but just parts of it, now you are guilty of heresy. Watch this now. Heresy is not the same as error. Heresy is the choice to abandon widely accepted teaching, which are So the accepted teaching should only be the word of God, the whole word, not just the scriptures that people like or the scriptures that they base their doctrine off of and embrace one's own view. 
Heresy is to preach another gospel, as Paul stated in Galatians 1.9. You know, Paul and James hung out a lot. <laughs> so do you think these two brothers were saying the same thing, or do you think they were saying two different things? Hmm. And watch this. Technically speaking, it's not... Uh, technically speaking, something is not a heresy just because the church deemed it so. It is heretical because it's a te it's teaching that has abandoned the pattern of sound doctrine. It has abandoned the pattern of sound doctrine. So what is the pattern? The pattern is the whole word of God laced together, brought together, so we don't get to cherry pick the part that lines up with our, our doctrine. I'm putting... Uh, bunny ears on that quotation marks you you got to read the whole bible so with with because there's there's no balance in this when it comes to heresy watch this most heretics come from an attempt to tie together paradoxes in the scripture they begin well meaningly but take things further than they ought to so watch this it's about balance Proverbs says an unbalanced life is an abomination to God. Watch this. So unbalanced scripture is an abomination to God. And unbalanced interpretation of the scripture is an abomination to God. There's the whole talk of Calvinism versus Arminianism. You know, this was a big topic in Teen Challenge where the whole mountain was split in half with this nonsense. What happened to just being balanced? Cal some Calvinists, they've just taken this, this thing way too far. Then the Arminians, they've taken it way too far. You're not saved by your work. Salvation comes from God through His grace by your faith. You being a good little boy or a good little boy, a good little boy or a good little girl is not what's going to save you. It's the grace of God that's going to save you through your faith. And if you really have faith, your life will look different. That's all I'm trying to say. And so, too, when we talk about heresy and heretics and these type of things, the Catholic Church back in the day cut your head off, you know, for stuff like that. Cast you out of the church. You're not welcome. And, and that's not what I'm doing here today. When I talk about heresies and heretics, let me tell you right now where my heart is. I'm praying for those brothers and those sisters that they will realize the error of their ways and become balanced in the doctrine of the scriptures and the doctrine of Jesus Christ and the grace of Jesus Christ and the faith in Jesus Christ and a transformed life that if any man be born again, he is a new creation in Christ Jesus. He cannot go on continuing to do the things that he used to do because he's been regenerated and he has the spirit of the living God on the inside of him. The liar is no longer the liar. Not that he might not ever lie in his life again, but that's not his identity and not who he is. The thief will no longer be a thief. Not that he might not make a mistake and steal something ever again in his life, but that he will not live a lifestyle of thievery. The homosexual is no longer the homosexual. The fornicator is no longer the fornicator. Not that they might not make a mistake and participate in one of those sins again, but that they do not 
live in these things as a way of living and as a lifestyle. For if you do, you will not inherit the kingdom of God according to his holy scriptures. Revelation has something to say about this too. If you add or take away to this book, you are setting yourself up for judgment. Help us, Holy Spirit. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just pray and I say, God, help these words to fall on a soft heart and good soil. Lord Jesus, help these words to fall on a soft heart and good soil. Lord, salvation alone comes from you because of the grace that you have freely given to us through the faith, Lord Jesus, that we have in your Son. And Lord, through that faith, faith, there is transformative power by the Holy Spirit to change the way that we are living. Father, give grace to the individual who might be listening today that says, wow, I've listened to this and I've got to give my life to God. I want to participate in true faith, which enables me to get to the grace of God. Hallelujah. Father, I give you, I want to give you my life. Help us to understand grace and not pervert the grace of God. For Jude said, your brother Jesus, Jude, right in the scripture said, oh, how I want to write to you about the faith that we share, but I must write to you about these individuals who have perverted the grace of God and said that you can live immoral and the grace of God will just continue to cover it from a lifestyle. Oh, Jesus, that you would help us be free from error in doctrine. Help us to be free from errors in doctrine. Help us to be free from heresies. Help us to be not heretical. Help us to not be heretics. God, may we take the truth of your scriptures and your word and let them lock together. Let the words lock together. May we read the word of God with the Holy Spirit. Reveal our error. God, start in me. If there be any error in me, when it comes to doctrine, help me, Lord, reveal it to me. Bring it into revelation light and correct me. Lord, correct us where we have fallen short in reading the scriptures with the Holy Spirit. And we have connected to and accepted the doctrines and the precepts of mankind instead of what your Holy Spirit is speaking through the scriptures. Father, I pray for the heretic. I'm not judging his salvation. I'm not saying they're not saved. I'm not saying they're going to hell. Lord, I'm saying have mercy on them and reveal their error to them and help them to be saved, free, set free, delivered from ways of error and filled with the Holy Spirit and power. Father, we give you the glory. We give you the praise. For what has taken place today, let the seed fall on good soil. Forgive us in the areas we failed you, Lord, starting with me. Lord, I need your grace. I need your mercy every single day. But I thank you that I don't wake up waiting to fail, but I wake up filled with the Holy Spirit, feeding my spirit. That way my flesh will die. Walking in the spirit, that way I would not fulfill the lust of the flesh. 
and in my shortcomings, God, I thank you for the blood, I thank you for the grace, and I thank you for the mercy that is available to me. Father, we bless your holy name. It's in the name of Jesus that I pray. And the church said, Amen, Amen. I pray that this episode has blessed somebody today. I pray that we would just walk in sound doctrine, reading the scriptures with the power of the Holy Spirit upon us. And Father, we just thank you. If you are listening today, you like what you heard, download, subscribe, share this episode, share this podcast with everybody that you know. Let's get the word out there. We love you guys, and we will get back with you next week on next week's episode right here on the Recovery to Recovered podcast. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. If you would like to support the ministry of the Recovery to Recovered podcast, you could go to canvashebbyville.com or bethebushministries.com. If you're enjoying the content that you are receiving here on the show, you can also follow me on social media on TikTok at Pastor Caleb Mack, as well as Instagram, Pastor Caleb Mack, and on Facebook under Caleb McCall. Be blessed. Until next time on the Recovery to Recovered podcast.